Grounded Universe, Season 20, Episode 2, Back to Back to Back. The book is Lando Calrissian and the Flame Winds of Ozeon, Chapters 4 through 6. The year, a sunny and promising 1982. With your hosts, a sunny and promising Jeff and John. Written by L. Neal, quote-unquote, sunny and promising Smith. Let's go! speak we're back from covid or whatever i know this is like our second episode but i really wanted to do that gag i don't know why i it's because I, it, I don't know why you wanted to yell at the audience immediately <laughs> well, keep in mind that you have never seen the last star wars movie i will keep that in mind <laughs> i'll keep in mind that i have not watched whatever that last Jedi rise of skywalker thing is yeah uh- <laughs> Fuck, Star Wars sucks, man. Rise of Skywalker opens with, you know, you know, every one of those Star Wars movies got the yellow text crawl that goes yeah, I know. flying through space. I really want a movie eventually where one of those yellow text crawls hits someone or, like, they find a civilization developing on it. That'd be cool. But anyway, it opens with the dead speak. Somehow the Emperor has returned, which is, like, the most... I I have a special appreciation. It might be my favorite part of that otherwise absolute dog shit movie <laughs> because at least it's got the right pulp tone. Uh. <laughs> the fact that the reason it doesn't explain how the fuck Palpatine came back or what the dead speak means is derived from the fact that they did an announcement about Palpatine being the villain in Fortnite. That's why Star Wars is the way it is because of Fortnite. Hey, is, that's a thing. That's Star Wars sucks. <laughs> I don't know if any Maybe of Star Wars sucks. I don't know if any of you know this. Turns out Star Wars kinds of it kind of blows. It's uh, it's not great. It definitely has highs and lows. I'll, but, but, I'll go that way. <laughs> it is a land of contrast. <laughs> In summation. <laughs> much like the current Star Trek output on Paramount, it is a land of highs and lows. <laughs> Lower Decks is fucking awesome. Strange New Worlds is coming out swinging. Uh, Discovery is just not doing it for me. I know you like Discovery enough. I do. I like Discovery because it, it deals with all the dumbest parts of Star Trek that I enjoy. <laughs> Whereas you like Lower Decks because it deals with all the dumbest parts of Star Trek that you enjoy. I do. And it's funny because I feel like if it didn't have that basis of comedy where it keeps dragging up old weird TOS things and like obvious questions that no one's ever asked before, then I would hate it because it kind of has a similar vibe to it where the main character needs to learn the same fucking lesson every week and just doesn't. Yeah. Or they do by the end of that episode and just reset for the next one. Uh-huh. Where you got Burnham like, like uh, I need to learn to use my team. Hmm, new episode, huh? I'll use my shitty boyfriend and no team. You're the captain of the ship, Burnham. Use the whole fucking ship. I don't need to. I need my boyfriend to do things. And then we'll all cry about it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, on the other hand, Strange New World's promising, and Picard fucking sucks. Haven't seen Picard. Don't know that I will. I've watched, like, most of the first season and a bunch of highlight reels of the second season, and no, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Sir? No. I say the nay. (laughs) So, anyway, that's enough Star Trek diversion chat. Uh, This week, we open... With uh, Lando, no, I'm sorry, we open on a, on a not Star Destroyer, because this is 
again, from the, the dim mists of pre-canon history where the Empire existed for at least 75 years because that's how old this Imperial ship is. Yes. When we start out, they're like, ah, here's an old decommissioned Imperial battle cruiser from way back in the day. And you're like, ha that doesn't exist. <laughs> Those didn't happen. <laughs> oh, look at you. Think, taking context clues from a movie and trying to use that. This is Star Wars, and it sucks. How dare you? <laughs> so this is the Wenis. And the Wenis is an Imperial Ooh, ship crewed the by... Weenus. <laughs> we can call it the Weenus. Do we want to go Weenus? Huh? Weenus? <laughs> All right, it's the Weenus. So the Weenus is, uh, is crewed by a bunch of, like... It, it, here's the thing. I'm just going to say it to you plain. This is Roker Gepta's ship. Yeah. And Roker Gepta is one of those like wheels within wheels, I control every secret at every level type villains, <laughs> which means that even the crew of the ship, he's like, I've got a lot of the best of the best of the best and a lot of total morons. <laughs> and yet that is also part of my plan. Yeah, the fact that he's like, all right, so I took I have a ship is an old Imperial ship. Now, I've also got. A full military crew for some reason, mm -hmm. and they're great. But then I've just got bullshit idiots here too, and they're part of it. And you're like, what are you doing? Why <laughs> you'll do you never know? <laughs> fucking goddamn it! Stop with the fucking five D chess, my dude. Also, is he part of the Empire? I don't know. We don't know. No. We, there's a part where he mentions like uh, that the uh, a lot of people on the ship have a respect for the Emperor as a different robed weirdo that would stalk around the decks of ships and cause problems for them. Oh, yeah. I mean, the book itself is like, ah, there's Gepta, only slightly less amazing than the Emperor. And you're like, okay, sure. Then we see, okay, uh, we establish on his the deck of his ship, he's being given bad news, which is one of the best things you can do for these imperial roby types is to be is to see some lowling uh, underling give them bad news so they can do whatever their evil power is exactly because you're like <laughs> all right look we've had an entire book where a wizard existed and we never got to see that wizard do anything yeah and so now they're like here's a wizard he's getting bad news and you're like well you better fucking press the digitation this bitch oh, i hope you're about to turn him into a sheep or some shit let's <laughs> let's see what you got i hope you're an ovino mancer <laughs> it's gonna have to be some kind of star wars space sheep <laughs> but yeah the captain of the ship is like hey the uh the second bombing attempt that we did that we already found out about in the last time uh is like hey that it failed yeah, and he's the, like, "Yes, of course it failed because you're a failure and you attempted bombs." Yeah, there is a third bomb that will go off in this book as well. No, in, there in isn't. Flashback. That's the second bomb. Uh, no, I in it a was... flashback. Oh, was it? Okay, that's a flashback about a bomb explosion that we already had happen. Yes. Oh, all right. The bomb I thought that was that, the third bomb. No, the bomb that Vuffy Ra is running up with the smoldering heap of mm -hmm. is that bomb that right. we get in this yeah, because this book does a lot of back and forth. Yeah. So Lando's in the Ozeon, and these bombs apparently have been set so that they will go off when a the Falcon enters planetary atmosphere, because yeah. it will cause it to burn up on re-entry when it loses control and goes spiraling through the atmospheric entry. Yeah, so we had the one that was on the loading ramp, Yeah, and then that didn't murder him. That was supposed to go off when they went into light speed, so it was supposed to be like, oh, we're going to fuck you when you try to go to hyper and then destroy you that way. And then the other one was supposed to go off when a 
they come out of light speed and start going into planetary atmosphere, except they're going to the Ozeon asteroid with no atmosphere, so it didn't kill them. Yeah, he's going to, from asteroid to asteroid, so none of them have an... They still blow up the bomb, but it doesn't cause him to spiral out of control and burn up an atmosphere, because he's not in atmosphere. It just causes him to spin out. Yeah, they out. spiral, and they're like, and uh, beep, boop, there we go. Yeah, exactly. So they're fine. So anyway, Gepta gets this news and he's like, moron, of course they're going to land on an asteroid. They're in the Ozeon system. And I'm like, dude, if you can put bombs on there, why don't you just put a bomb on there that's set to like blow the fuck fucking ship up? Just blow it up. I mean, <laughs> if it's a matter of like, okay, we got to be sneaky and get a bomb that they can't just like see and detect. Yeah. Then I can maybe understand, but the fact that you're like, okay, we had two bombs, both of them with very sophisticated sensor technology Trigger to know yeah. when you get into certain speeds on the ship. But again, I'm looking at it like, you managed to plant two, both of them have weird, like, if-then statements on their explosion. I'm like, why not just have all of them go off at the same time? Yeah, and why not? Why are you even worrying about making... Would you take out a big life insurance policy on Lando or something? You are a fucking crazy wizard with a Star Destroyer. You could just kill him. Who's gonna take... Who's gonna come after you? I... I also love that in this Roker Gepta chapter... I know what you're gonna say, yeah. We get the, like... Oh, that Lando, how he vexes me. Yeah. He drives me to drink. Straight up Dan Backslide. <laughs> A Star Destroyer. I'll steal it. No one will ever know. <laughs> That's just the voice for him now. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, he's like, unhand her, Roker Gepta. Unhand her, Roker Gepta. <laughs> the Lando boys. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, so this problem where he's like going full. He has been the the mustache twirling arch nemesis of Lando for a while, which means we're missing some adventures somewhere between the first book and the second book. This dude was straight up gargameling the shit out of Papa Smurf Lando. No, man. The only <laughs> thing the that, one time. that Lando has done is fuck up his plans for the mind harp, and he is like. That has made you yeah. number one, except my, he had my thing to deal with. But when he was sitting there having his little moment, he was like, time and again, he vexes me. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, it's been one. <laughs> I guess the not getting blown up by all these bombs count as additional vexations. I think it's the fact that he also <laughs> tried to deal with him multiple times in mind harp and it didn't work. He was like. Oh, I sent this guy, and then he fucking teleported to a planet where I wasn't at. And then when I came back to the planet to fuck him up, the planet hit me and made my ship fall down, and I couldn't get him. Like, Roker Gepta is one of those people who's like, I'm a ridiculous wizard that's been alive forever. He's got a big grudge list. And, well, the thing for him is, I feel like it's not a big grudge list, because normally he's like, someone pisses me off, and I just murder them or make them my, my, like, lackey or whatever, like he does with the captain Mm -hmm. here. And he's like, I've tried (laughs) to murder Lando three times, and it hasn't worked any of the times, and that is so annoying to me, Roker Gepta. Yeah. No, what I'm saying is he has a long grudge list because he seems to count every single thing Lando does as one of the (laughs) items on the list. (laughs) Failed to die again! (laughs) He sold crystals! Continued to draw breath! Just lots and lots of synonyms for being alive. Ugh. But yeah, he, he 
he gets mad at this dude on the deck of his ship and he just is like now i shall unleash my full powers upon you to remember every girl you asked out in high school and how they said no do you remember that one time you waited outside of a girl's house for several hours and then you said a poem to them and then they walked back inside remember it remember it remember it remember that time a trivia question answer was nigeria and you got it wrong and you know the way i mean remember that time you got a boner in class yeah. and someone noticed it turns out he has the power to unleash all those times when you're sitting around doing nothing and then you remember a dumb thing you did and immediately you're like oh god where's the nearest knife yeah no <laughs> roker gepta has it's two in the morning and i'm gonna drop some dumb memories on you power yeah so he unleashes every embarrassing and shitty thing that ever happened to this captain who just collapses to his knees on the ground and starts foaming at the mouth because he's like all of his mental blocks are gone and he has to remember every every dance he had to go to alone. <laughs> uh, yeah, he remembers the time he told someone he loved them and they went, I love you as a friend too. <laughs> Every embarrassing yearbook signature, every time he was lying alone in bed at night and he dedicated his masturbation to someone, it all came back. This one goes out to you. In my mind, I've got the image of someone pointing like fucking Babe Ruth to the fences. This one's for you, kid. Uh, So... We do get an established here while this is happening that Roker's like, everyone would be. We have a lot of his his favorite statement to go to is everyone would be amazed if they knew the truth. Because he's like, no one knows how much mice the, the sorcerers of Tund do as well as don't believe in magic. Yeah. He's like, oh, anyone who had sufficient technological advancements could make someone remember how dumb they were in fifth grade. Yeah, it's called the internet. You just go on the internet. <laughs> and you're just like, hey, who did dumb shit in fifth grade? And everyone's like, oh, you have no idea. Oh, man. I got to tell you, one time I was trying to imitate Mike Tyson's punch out and I did King Hippo and I pulled my pants down and everyone saw my wiener. <laughs> I thought I'd make it to the bathroom, but I didn't. Did <laughs> I pooped, that. and it was not in a secret place. <laughs> so, so anyway, this dude gets dragged off the deck by orderlies, and we have a Geptalime where he's like, he's like, you know, I found that when I do that to people, it makes them more efficient. It's like sharpening a knife. Does anyone care if sharpening hurts a knife? Oh, I yeah. don't. He's like, these are all just tools to me, and so their well-being doesn't matter. So anyway, he calls up the second-in-command on the ship and is like, yeah, okay, so uh, we're going to go someplace different briefly. We're going to have a little digression, but then we'll still be going to the Ozeon system to conclude business. And then he... <laughs> He feeds a comically cute alien animal to his pet, a comically gross alien animal, so that you know he is a bad guy. Yeah. I love that he's like, on the deck of the ship, there are two cages. In one of them is a gross, three-legged, hairy monster spider thing. In the other is an adorable, golden-furred, big-eyed, little curly, bushy-tailed mouse thing. And it loves hugs. It loves to love Anyway, he feeds it to the spider thing, and it's like, glum, glum, glum. and he's like, yes, good. I almost got gross mouse on me. I love my disgusting spider boy. <laughs> I love my nasty son. Never talk to me and my <laughs> spider monster again. <laughs> 
Yeah, but we get more than one of those you would everyone would be amazed to learn things because we have another one in here where he's like, people would be shocked to find out how old I am. Shocked enough that it would cause them psychic pain. <laughs> oh, God. So apparently his wizard powers for making people remember things is technology, but also he's like, ah, oh, but I believe in magic because I'm a big superstitious bitch. <laughs> like, ah, oh, I, I think that Lando Calrissian fucking with me is all part of a weird fate scheme. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all very fun, but we're not quite done here yet. Inste- instead, he sits down, he makes a big point of noting that he is not the captain of the ship, that the ship has a real captain. Well, yeah, he's that's who he just fucked up, yes. but he gets his chair anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, as he sits down in the chair, it just sort of broods and contemplates. Uh, we cut to a hyperdrive engine out in space by itself, kind of. It's just sort of the a single hyperdrive core from an old dreadnought cruiser. No, nah, man, the it's a hyperdrive core that basically <sighs> looks like... I want to say it looks like one of the old pod racing things where you've got like an engine and a thing hanging off of yeah, it because it's, yeah. it's an it's a hyperdrive core with a ton of fighters yeah. dangling in front of it. Like I said, almost alone because it's like 30 times the size of even the biggest of those fighters. It's it's a capital ship engine hanging in space from an ugly broken old ship and it's surrounded by connected via just cables to this huge sparking cosmic radiator I- I- energy emanating tube in space, uh, a bunch of decrepit old fighters containing a bunch of decrepit old fighters yeah so we learned that somewhere out in this million system galaxy there was i guess once some, a man there was some system that gepta fucked over somewhere mm, i'm not sure what you think this is the uh the Sharu thing or no i think this is lando i think lando won a gambling debt or something in some place and totally fucked up a local planet what are you talking about? I think it's Lando. We'll we find specifically out. find out it isn't. Oh, do we, in do we this. actually say it's Gepta? Like they know Gepta's super dangerous. Like they do. They make they make mention of that when they're talking. Because here, I mean, we we got to go over the full description of what's happening here. Because this is actually one of the cooler things in the sh- in the story. The the idea of just sort of a, a loose engine in space dragging a bunch of fighters through hyperspace is kind of a neat concept. Yeah, being like, oh, okay, you know, we've got a bunch of like beat up shitty what would be z95s if this was a later book yeah instead we just don't know what they are yeah it's just a bunch of random fighter things but they don't have like any capability to go to hyperspeed yeah like the idea behind them the leader is a guy named clin shanga and the idea behind them is that uh they are from a planet that didn't have any good technology to begin with it got ruined by being visited by someone of advanced technology and these guys are on a pure revenge mission it doesn't matter if they succeed or not everything's already full-on fucked they are not after any kind of retributive justice or, or uh positive justice they just want to murder someone oh yeah um, they're like oh we were a peaceful agrarian society and then fucking this asshole showed up and ruined everything yeah um so the thing we learn about them is that they are not from, like, the good part of their own society. They're, they're like, leftovers. They're retired guys. No, one of this these guys was like, uh, I was a fucking farmer, and yeah. then I jumped into one of these. Yeah, so the, uh, the basic result of the upshot of this is that they're just like, oh, it doesn't matter if we succeed. We don't expect to live. We are just out here to either kill a guy or die. There's nothing else going on. 
It's kind of neat. But anyway, they get a phone call from that second in command that was just given a bunch of orders a moment ago. Yeah, and he's like, all right, my dude, uh, we're turning around, but we're we're probably going to get there. We'll probably arrive when you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think that this random digression will delay things? And he's like, no, I don't think it will. Uh, and, and they're like, you've got to get off the phone anyway. Every second you're talking to us risks your own life. Is it even worth it for you? And the second in command is like, dude, you have no idea. Absolutely it is. This fucking wizard is so fucking <laughs> weird, and he won't stop doing random evil shit. I, I swear I saw him try on a fake mustache the other day. The dude wears a mummy mask. <laughs> <laughs> And when I say that, I don't mean he wears a bunch of bandages to look like a mummy. I mean he wears a mask that looks like Brendan Fraser from The Mummy. Oh, you wish it was Brendan Fraser. He got the John Hanna one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I really wish that fucking, like, Halloween stores when The Mummy came out had those, like, goofity plastic-ass masks. <laughs> of, of the side characters. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, look, got- I got Benny. Why? <laughs> Why would you want that? I got one of those four guys who's going to get torn up by the mummy. <laughs> I'm the tongue one. <laughs> I got a little mask. It's got a scarab on it. He's going to get it. <laughs> so, well, I guess I win then because I got Ardith Bay, who would frankly prefer the Thompson. <laughs> anyway, uh, they, get, they get off the phone. They disconnect. And, uh, yeah, Clint Shanga and his militias sets off for the Ozeon system because that's the rendezvous point or whatever. Meanwhile, it turns out that obviously Gepta watches all of this because everything goes according to all of his plans all of the time. And, again, he's one of those people who's like, oh, this guy was so clever. He found the normal bugs, but not my super magic bugs. My special secondary bugs. <laughs> now I, I listen to everything and see everything that goes on in this ship. And for some reason, I'm watching this as it happens, which is weird, given that you've yeah. got like a million different screens to watch. <laughs> well, I'm, and he's his whole thing is like, yes, I shall exact vengeance on him. But this, too, has a purpose. I knew about the random floating space engine in the retiree militia. Yeah. I know everything. I'm, I'm Roker fucking Gepta. <laughs> I'm not going to kill the second in command now because... That would be too simple, and people might expect it. I've got to be weird and crazy. <laughs> I'm going to make him remember the time his parents found all his porn. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird to me that they're like, all right, within one chapter, Gepta's like, oh, we're not going to go to Ozeon. We're going to take a detour to some place and i'm not going to specify it and they just changes his and mind and then immediately after finding out that these guys are after him he's like never mind go to the ozeon system and like that wouldn't tip off the fucking second command if, if he's like hey uh turns out we're going somewhere else but we will eventually go to the ozeon system uh and then we'll kill that guy hang up immediately get a call from gepta Take us to the Ozeon system, would you? Never mind my previous thing. And he's like, oh, you heard. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. I know what's up. Fine. <laughs> oh, I get- Don't worry. I'll go remember my own embarrassing things on my own. <laughs> I'm going to start with this one. Look, I'm going to go take a shower and remember everything wrong that I've done in my life. <laughs> I'll save you the trouble. Oh, I don't think you will. You see, I planned for this as well. The shower tank is full of your own pee. <laughs> Oh, come on, man. Dude. I just, this is so, it's magic or technology sufficient to emulate it. 
<laughs> You'll never know. Anyway, I guess we can finally talk about Lando, although I'm going to go ahead and say Lando is being very boring in this chapter because he's just playing Sabacc again. Yeah, but at least this time around, we get a full description of Lobdoluf who invited him here and the crew of people he is playing Sabak with. Yes, which is becoming depressingly routine that he doesn't bother to remember the names of any aliens he meets and he just calls them gross. Well, I mean, at least in this one, he's like, ah, uh, there's a gross trunk alien. His name is unpronounceable by humans, so I'm going to keep referring to him as gross trunk alien. I mean, like... I but think- also, gross trunk alien talks like a three-year-old in a cartoon. That is he's true. Like, he's got that... Are you going to please stay with us? I forget the name of that. There's a term for that particular dialect, the little kid one. Uh, but yeah, he does. He goes, oh, it's me. I'm a weird alien. Whoa. But he's like... The thing he's mad about isn't his voice. It's that he's like bad colors. He's like, this guy's got green eyes, but he has blue blood, and the veins going through his green eyes are blue, and those yeah. colors don't match. Because he's, he's got bloodshot eyes, but his blood's weird. Gross, stupid trunk alien. I bet he can do stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> Food, eating, the theater. Food, eating, the theater. <laughs> oh, I love the theater. <laughs> With a winged potatoes. <laughs> so, anyway... uh, but he remembers all the humans' names. He sure does. And I, I got to say, if you're sitting at a table with four humans and you're a little trunk alien and you're like, my name is unpronounceable, then the second follow-up is, but you can call me Jake. You know, you just do that. You yeah. Just, or you're like, all right, you're Todd. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A name will be provided. <laughs> my name begins with no earthly weather. Okay, yeah, we're going to call you Steve. <laughs> Yeah, but instead he's just like, uh, I do not know, and I will never refer to him by name. I'm just going to be like, hey, cowboy. Yeah. What, do you want a card there, buddy? <laughs> hey, little pal. Friendo. Hey, tiger. How you doing, <laughs> slugger? Hey, you. Hey, mama. <laughs> uh, uh, so he's playing with Lobdaluff, who kind of looks like a fake person. He's like a, a, a big dude with a beard and a shaved head, but he looks all waxy and perfectly presented because he's like second tier wealthy so he needs to live as a human sycophant you know he has to be a perfect oh yeah he's an administrator yeah for the ultra wealthy and he himself is wealthy but he needs to be like oh i all i do is count money for way too rich people yeah so i have to look the part yeah so that's him you've also got bassy voba who's just like a little administrator lady who's there and seems to be losing money and and is constantly shooting angry glances at lando she's mad at him for some reason that we don't know yeah uh, and then I want to, there's a guy named Sicer, I think was the other one. Yeah. We get too tall. Paul, who's just like a guy who is over two meters tall and thin and weird, has weird fingers, but is probably <laughs> human. Lando's like, ah, that guy might be. Yeah. Human. I think he's human. He's just big. He's like skink snacks from the other book that we read where he's like a scarecrow man. Yeah. He's just too tall and thin. Yeah. But then again, usually if you're a very tall person, you end up being pretty thin unless you're Shaq. But the important thing about this chapter, by the way, he's on Ozeon 6843 or some number. I mean, he's the same one he's been on. Yeah, he's on Rich People Planet playing cards with Lobdaluff, who's like, we want to play cards with you, rich guy who's good at cards. Why? Why don't you invite some fucking Rube? But uh, anyway, he's playing with them, and we learn a bunch of new shit about Sabak, Which, again, last 
episode, we were complaining because we're like, we've never seen anyone call. We have no idea what any of these mechanics are. We don't are. know how play ends other than someone hitting the bing- the, uh, the the blackjack. We, we <laughs> That's make a sense. bingo. Exactly. So <laughs> you just you, it just seemed like it sat there forever. But we learned a couple things. Not only right away we have someone bust out. On, in their own hand, they go, oh, I got 37, I'm out. It yeah. turns out if you ever exceed positive or negative 23, it's not that you have a losing hand, it's that you're out of play immediately. And you have to announce it yourself, which is wild. Yeah, the fact that you're like, oh, we've got this hyper-advanced card game where like the cards can change what cards they are, you've got a stasis field you can put them in to lock them in there, all of these weird things, and yet it's... On the honor system to say whether or not you bust? Why would you ever say that? You could just sit there. There's one reason, and we'll discuss it in a second. But you otherwise, you could just sit there and wait until one of your super high-value cards turns back into a low-value card, and now you're back in the game. The only thing that would, would catch you is if anyone called during that time, and you had to put and be like, oh, I have 28. Uh, I, but then what happens? Do you get kicked out of the fucking game, or do you just lose that hand? Yeah, because that's one of those things where I was like, I mean, it makes sense when you're dealing with the places that Lando normally gambles. If you're like, yeah, I'm I'm gambling in some back room with a bunch of fucking gangsters, and if you get caught being like, oh, I didn't say I went out when I did, you get shot. Yeah. But if you're like, ah, oh, a bunch of rich socialite people are all playing a card game, if one of them is like, oh, I was so naughty and I didn't say I went out when I had 26, mm-hmm. what are they going to do? Go, oh, how bad form. Yeah, exactly. They'll be uh, if Lando pulled that, I guess maybe they'd kick him off the planet. But if anyone else at the table pulled it, they'd be like, oh, you. Oh, classic Lobdeluff. <laughs> Consequences don't apply to rich people. <laughs> Carry on. Oh, here you go. $5,000 for everyone. <laughs> yeah. But what amazes me is just that the cards don't beep. Like, when you're holding three cards and they add up to above or below 20. Yeah, negative. it doesn't just go, eh, eh, you lose. This person is out. Why is it on the honor system? Nothing else is. I know. But we also have a scene where the little alien monster calls. He has a 22, and so he calls. He just goes, I have a 22, I'm stopping play. Who yeah. has? Who can beat this 22? Which, I mean, at 22, you're like, no no one can, because no it, one called Sabacc. If so. they had, they would have called the win. So, But what happens instead is Lando, this is the one time we see anyone threaten Lando, who only wins by getting positive and negative 23s. Uh, this one, or the idiots array. This one time he gets called and he goes, "Oh, I also have a 22. And, and we, we enter sudden death. <laughs> we enter sudden demise. Thank you. Yeah. And in sudden demise, you pull a card, and if it causes you to bust out, you and it, it, this it's insane. I mean, the fact that you're like, oh, normally you would think if you're the person who calls and it goes around and everyone shows, and you're like, oh, someone has tied me, you would as I would assume it would be. A split pot. Yes. Or deal the sudden death cards to both of them. But instead, what happens is the person who calls is first dealt a card, and if that causes them to bust, they lose. And then they instantly lose. You don't have to, the other person playing who has a tied hand does not have to also see if they lose. Although, in this case, the, uh, the little alien has a 22 and gets dealt a 3, so he busts out. And then Lando's like, well, I already win, but hey, let's just see what I would have got. Oh, a zero. I would have been fine because I don't actually gamble. I just win constantly because I'm the main character of a book. It's yeah. not gambling if you can't lose. <laughs> it's not gambling when someone writes it for you. Yeah. But the the interesting thing to me is that also encourages this to be a game where everyone sits on their cards until you get us a buck. Because, again, if you're like, oh, I call it like 17. Let's assume eh, probably people don't have better than that. 
So you call, and if someone else is a 17, you're like, oh, well, I'm fucked. Because I have to draw first. Right. Uh, so being the person who calls gives you a disadvantage on any sudden demise. Now, we assume that the deck has like 56 to 58 or so, uh, uh, 60 maybe, I forget. Um, There's 70-something total cards. 70-something total cards, but 21 of them are face cards, and all the face cards are negative values. Which well, not we- just face cards, because there are like the king and the queen and the whatever of oh, the suits. Okay. Major Arcana cards. There's exactly. 21 Major Arcana cards. Those all have negative values. Uh, which means that it's like a one in three chance if you play at a uh, uh, if you uh, call it a twenty two and have to do a, dra- a draw off that you won't immediately bust out because you might catch a negative and you might catch a zero or a one. Yeah. Um, but mostly you're likely to bust out, uh, so you don't want to call it, it's unless you're absolutely sure that no one else has it. We also learn how dealing works here, which is everyone gets one card. And then everyone gets another card, and Lando, I, I don't know if he's cheating, it mentions that he deals less honestly than usual, and then he announces and mentally what card he gave everybody. Yeah, he, I don't know if this is, the book is like, and now I'm going to tell you what everyone has so you can follow along, or if it is Lando going, I have cheated, and I know what everyone's cards are when I deal. Yeah, I, I prefer to think it's the latter because it makes a call-out point to say he's not dealing honestly. And in a game where you're dealing cards that randomize themselves at random intervals, you can't deal dishonestly in a way that matters unless it's to know starting information. Yeah, and the weird thing to me is the positive and the negative points go from 0 up to a 14. You can get 14 points if you get, like, the king of whatever suit. Yeah. But that also means... You can, in your opening hand, bust out before anything has happened. You'd be like, oh, well, I got a king and a queen. I have 27 points and I'm out of the game. The game isn't even started and I'm out. Yes. And that, I mean, that can happen in some. No, there is no game that can happen in. Yeah. But uh, it's a weird thing. So it looks like you may start with a one card hand. Because he deals out the one card and then he goes around and asks people when they're ready for more cards. But to me, that means if you get dealt a king. You just go, uh, I call it one card, I'm calling, because unless someone else has a king, I win. Yeah, that's, the thing is, I look at it and I go, if it's a one card opening hand, then there's a very easy, if I got a king or a queen, I'm just going to call immediately. Yeah. Because as well, in the sudden demise, it's far less likely that I bust out on that one. Yeah. Even if someone does have it. And if it's a two card, then you run into that, you can lose immediately starting the game. Either way, you've yeah. got huge issues with this fucking game. So, so your game. best bet is to, if you get Delta King as your first ha- your card, just go fucking call it. I'm, I don't want to get Delta Bust Out. Yeah. We also learned that the way the round of play works is that anytime you would like to draw a card or not draw a card, you have to bet. Yeah, to it goes the around the table. Yeah. And anytime it is your turn, in order to stay in the game, you have to pay. Yeah. Now, there is no mention of what you pay, which means this isn't like poker where someone can be like, Oh, I'm going to say that you have to pay, you know, 300 to stay in now. Yeah. Instead, it feels like, oh, our ante is 1,000, and to stay in the game every single time, you need to bet 300 just to get a card or not. Yeah, we don't know that part yet, but uh, it it is interesting because it means that the only uh, incentive to fold which people do fold in this game, but the only incentive to do it is uh, that you've the, run out of money. You've run out of money. There's no other reason to do it because your card, your, your uh, hand is never bad. You either bust or you're still in the game. And the only thing that matters is whether or not your hand turns into a 23. So you might as well just sit there for forever. As long as everyone's still betting, you're like, well, I'm still in the game because my, my cards might turn into good cards. Yeah. There's no bluffing here. 
there and there's no like I said like raising of stakes. You know when it's going around the table and it comes to you whether or not you have the money to pay for something. Yeah. There is no all in moment. There's no way to like really bluff because if you're like Ooh, I'm bluffing, and by bluffing, I mean I stayed in the game. I feel like there is a way to bluff. Like, if I was playing this game, the first thing you do, as soon as you get three cards, is smack them all into the isolation field and be like, huge raise! But you can't! There is no raise mechanic! You just go, I am in, and I take yeah. no cards. I will bet. I, my cards are all in the isolation field. And everyone's like, well, the only reason you would ever fucking do that is because you have the idiots array, but you want more money than is currently on the table now. So I, that is the only way to bluff is to be a complete idiot about it. So it is possible. And here's the thing. I also don't know if you have to call when you win because you have to call when you're out and every time anyone gets Sabak or anything else, they're like, oh, I immediately call. Yeah. And I, I want to know like, okay, if I hold, if I take my cards, put them down in the field and I've got Sabak, but I don't call it and then someone else calls it, is it like, Oh, I lose now because I didn't call it. I do it. think it works like bingo, where the moment you win, you have to call it. So I guess the best way to do it would actually be to wait until you have a zero and a two, throw those into the isolation field, and then just take one more card. And just everyone knows you're waiting on a three, a zero, or a two. There is nothing else that matters for you. You're just sitting there waiting on that, and you've just put a clock on the game. Maybe. So I guess. I don't know. Anyway, we've talked about this like way the fuck too long. No, Sabak is the most interesting <laughs> thing in this book for me. It is certainly the most interesting thing in this chapter In a book series. that has a wizard that can make you remember the worst moments of your life, the most interesting thing to me is how poorly constructed a gambling game this is. <laughs> because again, in a game that you go, oh, this is supposed to be like poker, you're like, yeah, in poker, you can... Be like a Lando where you're like, oh, I'm going to make it big. But if you go to some table and it's like, what is it? Oh, it's $100 to call. Okay, great. I guess. I'm just picturing a poker variant where it's five card draw, but your cards change randomly. And the only thing you can win with is a Royal Flush. And so everyone just sits the fuck around waiting for a Royal Flush to magically develop in their hand. And that's the whole game. And yet you still have a person who's like, I'm good at gambling. How? What are you doing that's different? You can't bluff. You can't bully people. The no. only thing you can do is wait for jackpots, which means that good gamblers in Star Wars are just cosmically lucky. And that's it. Yeah, the fact that there is no ability to, like, there's no all-in to try and force bad decisions and make people make mistakes. Yeah. There's no raising. There's nothing like that that makes me look at this and go like, oh, this is... This is like a child's game. Mm -hmm. It's just, what do you do? I sit around until someone gets the magic number. Yeah. I tell you, if I was to be writing a Lando book, which I would love to, please and thank you. Look, if when, it, when you're ready for a, a certain point of view, too, call us. Uh, when you're but, ready for Lando to go do new adventures. So, yeah, the new adventures of Lando, where all he does is fucking gamble. I want a game where he loses because he refuses to read the facial expression of the alien at the table. <laughs> he just looks over there and is like, ew, gross, that thing's got weird face shit. I don't want to know. And meanwhile, that thing is over there like, I have the best hand ever. I sure hope no one reads my mini obvious tells. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, I change color whenever I'm happy. And he gets a card, immediately changes color. Oh! -ho! And Lando's just like, ew, gross. I bet he's like going to the bathroom or something. I Ugh. hate aliens. <laughs> I'm just so goddamn racist. <laughs> I just want that to be the petard by which he is hoisted. <laughs> to have him be like, I guess I should have learned to read aliens because Jesus Christ, I am being taken to the fucking cleaners by this, I don't know, Duro or whatever. Now the... The thing that happens here is the thing that always happens with all of these gambling things as well is, 
oh, it's impossible for me to lose, so I have to start losing on purpose now. Yes. Yeah, so there is no way I will ever lose unless I force myself it, to. It's infuriating because we've established that there's no good play in this game. There's just random play, which means he's just fighting his own karmic uh, uh, imbalanced luck scales. Well, the only <laughs> the weird thing for me is the only way to play poorly in this game is to be like, I will constantly say, yes, please give me another yeah, card you, to try and go out. And then it becomes very obvious that you are purposefully losing. Yeah, there's no or, really good way. I guess you could freeze your high value cards in the isolation field so that you could just hope for another high value card to bust yourself out. Maybe. I mean, the thing is, what we get here is, oh, Lando has cosmic awareness of what everyone's cards are at all times, so he knows exactly what to, like, call and not call and let people do. And Yeah. So he loses one hand, passes control to the too tall guy, who passes control to Lobdeluff, and Yeah, he loses the next, like, five or six hands in a row just because he's like, eh. The way you do this when you're a professional gambler is to lose the small bets and then not unnoticeably win all the big ones. Yeah, just when you win big, don't call attention to it. Just be like, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't work in this situation because mid-game, uh, a little robot comes in. We learn that the dude who owns this rich people estate does not populate his gardens with goofy ball animals, so it's quiet. There's just like some waterfall nearby. That's the only noise. Oh, yeah, they're in his basically like... Lobdeluff's greenhouse, but yeah. it's a super fancy rich one, and it's got a nice fountain and whatever. Yeah, so that's the only noise, but this little droid that's just like a silver ball rolls in, unfolds in half, and delivers a message to Deluff, and he's like, oh, Lando, uh, you might want to head back to your ship, it's on fire. Yeah, I just got news that uh, Melanie Falcon's burning. Yeah, which is weird, because you'd be, you think he'd be like, alright, activate the fire control uh, systems in your hangar for me. Alright, thanks. Anyway, I'll take a card. You know, like, you don't got to run all the way across the fucking planet. You've got your dude on the ship right now. Just be like, hey, Buffy, I heard the ship's on fire. It's weird to me that he's like, okay, instead of... I've got to leave immediately. I have to run the entire length of this fucking asteroid to get to my ship, or... No, I man, he use, just takes a bus. He, even, he takes an elevator that takes him directly through the center of the asteroid. Yeah. But still, what he could have done is call Buffy. With his, uh, but with his wrist radio. But he's like, oh, I don't have a communicator. I'm so silly. Silly me. <laughs> Ask to borrow one. That droid probably is one. The weird thing to me is that the message is just, hey, your ship's on fire. And not like a pop-up image of like, oh, here it is. Also, you'd think that would be news if in a domed city yeah. something was on fire. Oh, for sure. You'd think like, oh, uh, well, I guess your fully staffed hangar fire suppression patrol will take care of that. Am I accurate in that assessment? No, we don't have that. Why would we have that? Mm, no. I'm afraid your ship's going to be a crisp. Which is, again, you are in a, a domed city <laughs> on an asteroid that has... No atmosphere. Uh, yeah. If something is burning and fucked up, you need to take care of that so it doesn't destroy your dome and murder everyone. I'd be like, hey, you know what? Let me let me ask you this. You say you have no fire suppression team. Is there anyone else in that hangar? No? Great. Open it's the fucking door. It's not even a hangar. Yeah. It's, it's, a the, it's the north pole of the yeah. asteroid. I'd be like, great. Lower the field over there. Because as soon as it's exposed to vacuum, that'll put the fire out. All right, thanks. Oh, no. My droid got... I guess, cosmically dry. Uh, yeah, that was real terrible for everybody. All right, let's keep playing. <laughs> but uh, instead, he runs all the way across the planet only to discover it was a ruse. Yeah, it gets there. there the, the Falcon, not on fire. No smoke. No sign that anything has happened. So when he gets in there, he's like, oh, no. I'm real paranoid about this. Oh, it was a trap. And then 
calls Vuffy and is like, I can't trust that that's actually you. I'm like, really? <laughs> How? Why? Say something only Vuffy Raw would know. You I, keep I, calling him master. You'd think that would tip it off. <laughs> but yeah, he's just, he, he goes full on paranoia and he's like, Vuffy, I can't be sure that's you. And I'm like, dude, I need to see you. How about you just step back out of the hangar then and call the cod, the local constabulary? Why are you doing this yourself? You're, you're so lazy, Lando. Just, just no let communication. People, just let you already establish you have a communicator because you just used it to call Vuffy, which you could have done from the other end of the planet. No, I guess he that's only the has the communicator on the ship. <laughs> he specifically calls out when he's in the fucking elevator. Boy, I wish I had a communicator right. to call Vuffy. Yeah, which you'd like fucking stop at a payphone, you dumbass. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, he, he Vuffy meets him at one of the gun ports and is just one of the arms. He's just like, hey, it's me, Master. I told you. I'm, I'm just working just on the hanging ship. Just hanging out. Just hanging and banging. I'm just looking into the uh, the evidence of the last bomb. It turns out, it, it yeah, it went off and it was an, yeah, supposed to the blow first us up one, in atmosphere. The first one blew up on their landing ramp inside. Mm. This one was a placed on the outside of the ship. So he's like, yeah, I'm just, you know, putting panels back in place and making sure everything's good. Weird story. This one wouldn't have killed us. It couldn't have. It was only on the outside of the ship. Almost all the damage went to the shield unless it happened to explode in a way where you're we like just now going into atmosphere. So I think that might be the trigger for it. Yeah. Anyway, it, just thought you'd like to know. Just letting you know, we mm-hmm. were definitely almost murdered twice. And then Lando gets hit in the back with a big lead pipe. And well, it's... he he descends and leaves the Falcon. And he's yeah. like, all right, maybe I can make it back to the game considering nothing is happening here. And then just gets whacked. Yeah, hit with a pipe by, I'm going to go ahead and say it, probably one of the soldiers from one of those ships. Seems like. Because he's a dude in an old, tattered, unrecognizable military uniform. And he himself is an old, withered dude. You're like, hey, I'm putting two and two together, you know? I mean, I guess maybe they need to beat him up to use him as a trap for... For, for Gepta, because uh, like he's the only person they know he doesn't like. Well, yeah, because he's like, okay, what do we know about Gepta? Oh, he wants Lando. All right, mm-hmm. well, if we get Lando, it's why he didn't show up and like shoot him. Yeah. Instead, he was like, oh, I'll try and knock this guy unconscious. But as we know from all throughout the last book and this one, Lando always has a little five shot sting beam in his cummerbund, and, it's and not he's supposed like to kill people. It's supposed to just hurt. Well, it's yeah, it's a tiny little blaster. Yeah, but he shoots this guy point fucking blank. Yeah, which not just blasts him and kills him, but like sets him on fire because it is right next to the blaster. Yeah. He's a, it's full self defense. Like the dude's about to brain him with a big length of lead pipe. Yeah, the only reason he didn't get more fucked up is because he had a shit ton of cash in his cummerbund where he got hit with the pipe. Yes. He's like, I got padding from all my winnings. And then he like hurt his face real bad when he fell down the ladder. So he's all fucked up. He's not in a good situation. His ribs are all bruised and broken. Uh, but he shoots this dude square in the fucking face and the guy just falls down and dies. And Lando's like, all right, well, in most situations, when I see a random military dude... If I shoot a me, guy, I would just leave. I'm just going to leave. And it'll be a weird, fun mystery for whoever the local police are, and I don't have to be involved. But then he's like, fuck, there's only like a couple hundred people on this planet. Well, he's also, for some reason, like, oh, man, any self-defense thing, they'll immediately be harsher on you than they would have been on the murderer. And I'm like, what? Is that some libertarian shit sneaking through again? What that one's weird. What the fuck is this so where you think... Mad that the castle doctrine doesn't apply in Star Wars? She's like, oh, if only the Ozeon had stand your ground. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? How How is it that you think that self-defense is a never an acceptable excuse? Because he's like, 
doesn't matter. If you kill a guy, you're fucked, regardless of circumstance. I'm I mean, like, I think what? he might be right, because what happens here is he decides uh, it's probably in my best interest in this situation to let the host know this happened. After all, it was self-defense. And, and they, I want to keep, you know, taking these guys for all they're worth. And they should probably know that their their asteroid's been, like, infiltrated by weird old set paramilitary soldier and i want all their money and i do want all their money so he calls them and delof is like wait you fucking you murdered you a guy he killed a guy okay well hey how about you don't tell me anything else because i'm an administrator here and i have to go under oath if they ask me to so you shut the fuck up and you sit the fuck down and i am sending bassy voba down there right now do not do anything else or go anywhere else so i'm like all right i bet this pl- i get this asteroid has like a straight up zero tolerance policy for murder even in self-defense and it's about to get all shitty for him because they wouldn't do that if it was like oh that's fine come back up and join the game it sounds like he wasn't rich yeah because i feel like (laughs) the problem might just be that they're like oh normally everyone on this planet is either a droid or a rich guy yeah so if you kill a droid that's not murder but if you kill a rich guy i don't care the circumstances you're fucked and he's just like oh but this guy was wearing like old shitty clothes he definitely didn't have money <laughs> i feel like if you went to the the judge on this planet we're like i'm sorry uh this wasn't murder uh this guy was poor he'd go oh oh my goodness <laughs> how'd he get on our stupid asteroid oh my gosh <laughs> oh it is also worth noting that when lando is looking around the field because they spin the asteroid in order to give it a 25-hour day-night cycle. Yes. Which normally it wouldn't, but it means that it also is super hard to land on the asteroid. So their landing pad is in the North Pole because that's like the least an unmoving center. Yeah, it just means you have to land rotating it at the local, which would not be especially fast because you're at the exact pole of the planet. Exactly. So they're that's where they are, but he notices in the field where you land in the North Pole that there is Roker Gepta's ship. Because he's like, oh, look, an old shitty Imperial cruiser. Hmm? Huh, well, to each their own. Yeah, so something crazy's happening, but we don't know what, because he gets back on the horn to uh, to uh, Vuffy, and he's like, well, old pal, don't call me master, blah, blah, blah. It looks like we may be in I murdered a man. And so he's like, oh, goddammit. But then he passes out from his head wounds. And then uh, fucking wakes up to... Uh, Bessie showing up. Bessie Voba, who turns out to be a cop. Yeah, turns out Voba is just like, shows up in full police gear Mm -hmm. and is like, well, you're going to jail with me. Yeah. And he's in, you know, high class rich people jail. So he's like, ah, yes, I am in jail. It has a private bathroom that has been sterilized and they put one of those little wrappers around Mm -hmm. the toilet seat to let you know. It's more like he's been locked in a La Quinta. Yeah. He's like, oh, I've got a little sunroof here and a reading nook, but I'm definitely still in prison. Ooh, basic cable and HBO. Oh, an Arliss marathon. Oh, free in-room hobo. God bless. Uh, but, but yeah, he it's a, it's a nice prison cell, and he is being escorted fairly nicely to it. Because, like, Voba's like, hey, I guess we're going to... This is good. You're going to have to come with me. And he's like, should I bring my toothbrush? And she's like, yeah, probably. This is not... This is bad. Yeah, you're going to have definitely an overnight stay. Mm-hmm. You're going to be in there for more than just a couple hours. Yeah, so um, so things are bad for Lando. He's locked in a nice jail, but right as he gets locked in there, oh my gosh, everything out in that little viewport he has to space 
goes all kinds of crazy because the flame wind has started. It's time for the flame wind, so blues and oranges and reds and purples of all shades are now going all over the place. Yep, it just looks like when you throw those packets of weird chemicals into a fire and it burns all crazy. You know, or Kool-Aid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, also that. Uh, so, so he's just like, well, the flame wind started and I'm in jail. What a sad time. I guess I'll just sit here and think about it. I won't pace. I guess I'm... I'll just sit here and think about every bad thing I've done. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I want the list to be nothing but all the times he failed to properly appreciate uh, aliens. No. <laughs> all of his bad things would be like, oh, there was one time I wasn't mean enough to an alien. <laughs> I could have been meaner to that Gotal. I passed on an opportunity. I don't know what a Gotal is. I don't know why I'm thinking like that. Gross horn man. <laughs> there was some kind of horny guy. Some kind of furry horn man, and he was gross. There was some kind of goat, and I was like, ew, what are you doing here? Here's a tin can. <laughs> Hey, buddy, no goat should pay to eat. And he threw some Tim can. Oh, fuck you, sir. Oh, I'm eating it, but fuck you. <laughs> crunch, I do not crunch. have the cones for this. Crunch, crunch. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, that's where the chapters end. Yep. So we've got Gepta probably on planet and probably also the, uh, like two dozen farmers and retired guys. <laughs> One would hope you've got to assume that that thing is really hard to hide in atmosphere. It's, oh, by the way, there's a giant sparking, crackling death radiating engine in orbit. I it's mean, bigger than the asteroid. I gotta be like, how did you get permission to park here? Cause if <laughs> fucking two dozen fighters show up tied to a warp engine, they're like, we would like to park here. Ozeon 6845 is going to go, uh, you look real fucking poor. How about nah? Oh, sorry, sir. It's a black ship formal affair. That means you have to have an entire ship. <laughs> we simply can't let you in with most of a ship. <laughs> You're dragging part of a ship connected to several other shitty ships. No. We're worried you're going to do something crass. Are you selling popcorn for your Boy Scout troop? <laughs> Put us down for a no. <laughs> I'm sorry. What are you doing? Is this oranges or something? No. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah. It's, I don't know if they're there, how they hid that fucking thing. Maybe they just parked it in a nebula or behind the moon or some sci-fi nonsense. I mean, they may have been like, all right, we get near to an asteroid. We go to one of the asteroids that isn't full of rich people. Yeah. We drop off the hyperdrive, and then we just take the fighters and land there. I guess. And even then, you'd be like, yes, uh, we're a party of 20 and decrepit old fighters from a random planet. We have $2 to spend. <laughs> I'd like to buy your finest cube of ice. Uh, I'm afraid the asteroid is closed for a private event. <laughs> Sorry, no public restrooms. Go away. <laughs> There's a Starbucks two asteroids over. <laughs> Uh, fuck it, Ozzy. I mean, I have to assume we're still waiting on meeting probably a very important character, which is whoever is the the rich guy that is ordering Lobdeluff around. I mean, we need to know Lobdeluff's benefactor, the one who was like, hey, invite this guy. But I mean, when you read the back of this, the whole back of this book is like, don't piss off a police person when you're gambling. So I'm like, is this just our main antagonist? Is our... That police is this lady, police lady, the Bassie? person that's supposed to be like, oh, you took money from the police. You're fucked. I guarantee you it is. 
because uh, here's an important thing to remember. Um, up until around when they started being real racist, no one hated the cops more than libertarians. Oh, of course. Now they love them because, you know, they're real racist. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that I guarantee you the next the next chapter is going to be her being like, oh, I can't wait to take money away from a hardworking man. <laughs> oh, Lando, I've got some sort of convoluted backstory for why I'm angry. At I'm going to take all your money and give it to government spending. No, 100 percent. I bet you it's going to be like you gambled with my mother and took all her money. And now I'll end you. <laughs> uh, it can be both. <laughs> she got she got ruined by rich people and she dedicated her life to taking money away from them again oh. so anyway we'll we'll find out who knows in the next chapter who knows hey everybody i want to thank you so much for listening to this as always we're going to go make our bonus content now that's expanded expounded universe which you can find at patreon.com slash system mastery where for the low, low cost of $2, you can find us discussing all kinds of crazy Star Wars backstory things from the whole history of this stupid 50-year-old franchise. Who knows what crazy things we'll discover? You will. <laughs> you, the one paying for it. You, the $2 haver, shall learn the, the mighty secrets. If you have the two bucks, <laughs> you too can join. <laughs> So once again, that's patreon.com slash system mastery. It's a really fun show to make. There are lots of other levels you can unlock that also unlock more content and they are progressive. So just giving us two bucks or is already unlocking like two shows, two bonus shows. Yeah. And there's a total of four you can get at the $5 level. So, hey, why not consider it? Why not? Why not? Think about it. Think about joining us. Think, th think about it. Help us keep doing this because it's really fun to do. And otherwise, I want to thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you again real soon. And until then, I've been... I don't know, Elan Sleeves Bagano. And I love just knowing what everyone's Sabak cards are at all times! <laughs>